When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yo, what's going on, everyone? That was entirely too excited for the topic that we're about to talk about, but regardless of that. We've had a day to think about it, to settle on it, to let the feelings marinate. It's a crappy, it's a crappy feeling, but we're gonna power through it. Thank you for joining the show. I'm your host as always, Elliot Barr, and is joining me two guys that sat there from the 87th minute onward, just looking as like son of a beep. It's Matt Ishineer. How are you guys doing on this beautiful Monday? Uh, getting over it, kind of trying to get over the hump, get over the, that sucky feeling, but, uh, doing good, doing all right. There you go. Positives. Matt, I'm nervous to hear your answer to this question. How are you doing, sir? Big 10 champions, y'all. All right. Already deflecting. There we go, Matt. Press the feelings. Just put them away in that little box that you don't have to open up to next year. I mean, that's what you're supposed to do, right? Yeah, probably. <laughs> like, I'm not going to lie. Like, I got home, and I don't know if you guys have ever done this, but you just, like, for me, like, if the kickers lose bad, I will play FIFA, and I will just play until, like, all right, I'm over this. And I think I played, like, four or five games just obliterating people just to get over the feeling of what happened on Saturday night. Yeah. Not, sadly, been, been through uh, enough of these over the years, whether it's the kickers or other teams you know, I'm a fan of, that uh, well, the kick, yeah. kick in the nuts uh, wasn't it was more of a glancing blow rather than some of the absolute direct hits I've uh, been dealt in the past. Nah, yeah. This one it is, is not – okay, I'm not going to say it's not hard. It is hard. But I think the thing that makes it a little bit softer is that regular season championship that we have. Whereas, like, at least we came out this year with something positive. Yeah. I mean, flip side of that is that make it you know, sting a little bit more because the expectations were raised so much. Yeah. Maybe so. Maybe so. But we're going to chat all about it, talk about it. I mean, there's not a- using the word. Oh, yeah. Okay. Sorry. 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 Too soon. We'll talk about that. Um, I mean, there's a lot of questions to talk about, definitely on Darren's side, about uh, substitutes, uh, talk about um, what players could have came on, how did the goal come about, you know, why didn't Richmond attack with a man up. It's a lot of things. But before we head in all that, um, just want to say take a moment, make sure if you're watching this on YouTube, like, share, and subscribe. If you're listening to the podcast, go to YouTube, like, share, and subscribe. 
Um, and also go to our website and check out our articles because we're going to start doing a lot more content because the season's done and there's no championship final that we need to be concerned about. There, I said it. Um, <clears throat> let's go ahead. Let's start out talking about it. Um, lineups, guys. We pretty much were fine with this lineup, right? Yes, no? Yeah, I mean, for me, it was that was the lineup I was looking to see. Um, that I think going by the season, that was our strongest lineup available. And you know, there's, there's I don't I don't think there's any player that I would have felt could have taken a starting spot over one of the guys that were on there. Um, it looked fine to me. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty much exactly what we had uh, we talked about last week. You know, we went through, you know, kind of guessed at who it would be. It was, we ended up in the exact same eleven Darren went with. You know, I think the it made sense, right? I mean, if we, we can't sit here and say it didn't make sense because it's literally what we were you know, saying he should do a week ago. Yeah, no, it, it made sense. Um, looking at Chattanooga's eleven, it's kind of eleven that we all expected. Um, Michigan and Galindrez coming off the bench. You had Teixeira, Espinoza, Ortiz playing up top. And the first couple of minutes, it felt like a very balanced game. It felt like kind of how the game was going about. I mean, now, I know everyone's going to want us to talk about the referees and whatnot, and we'll get to that. But before the red card, guys, I want to ask you, like, how was the game playing out for y'all and how do you think the kickers were going about taking advantage of the opportunities handed handed to them before the red card? Um, I mean, I I feel that the game plan was going the way it was supposed to. We were creating chances, we were creating opportunities. Um, we really looked threatening for a big part of the game. Um, and I, I even think after the red card, there were moments where we still looked threatening or we still looked like we were, we were looking for that goal. Um, I, I, to be honest with you, um, the sense of caution, I can see why it happened. Um, but to start with, we were start, we started off good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the first part of the game, you know, went pretty positively, you know, in the kicker's direction. Uh, it's, it's never going to be like a one-way traffic the whole time, and it's partly by design. We've talked about this a million times. You know, the kickers are a team who prefer not to have the ball, all things being equal, which, as we get to later on, might, you know, prove to be a problem. But uh, there are two big chances right before – not right before, that happened before, uh, you know, the sending off, and they're both – opportunities you know for the kickers uh and i know you say you don't want to talk about the referees but there's not going to be a way around it with these two chances yeah. right uh and you know i think there's there can be a difference between you know saying that you know the referees you know, should have done better and the referees uh, are the reason that the result happened the way that it did you know i think they can be two separate statements and you know that's fine uh because you, know, you get that first one in was eighth or the ninth minute, something like that, where mm-hmm. uh, I think it was Bolaños just set a roller of a shot 
you know, and towards goal, like completely non-threatening from, you know, 20, 25 yards, something like that. Uh, and, okay, you think no big deal, nothing's happening, but, you know, Avila's for no good reason can't hold, can't handle it. Like, I, what's, what's this guy doing? You know, why he doesn't hold that clean. Yeah. Uh, luckily for us, you know, Emmy is you know, great and amazing, doesn't give up on stuff, and you know, he's tracking that. You know, so when the ball you know, you know, pops a little bit loose, you know, he's able to you know, get there first, and you know, I realize, like sticks his leg out. Like he's trying to, you know, I don't know if he's trying to slide tackle him, what he's thinking he's doing there. Looks to me in real time, looks to me like, uh, you know, on the replay, that certainly makes a good amount of contact. Down goes Emmy. I mean, definitely was that way. Penalty. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. It, I mean, watching it in the press box when it happened, I jumped up because I thought, like, it's, this is a pin. Like, this is. And then to see the ref, like, kind of just walk away as if nothing happened and give a goal kick, it's kind of just like, like, what? <laughs> it's kind of bizarre and weird. Shadir, for you, did you did you see it? Like, what did you think, man? I mean, I. For me, it it was your your typical in the box foul. Someone going in for a tackle, and they are literally half a second late. Because when you look at someone like Emmy, Emmy is a very intelligent, very savvy fox-like striker. He sees that tackle coming in. He's just gonna poke the ball. He doesn't care where he's putting the ball. He's just putting the ball away from your foot. So that your foot then makes contact with him rather than the ball. That is that is refing 101. Like we've seen so many of those, and we've seen nearly all of them called. And for the referee not to notice this one and not to consider this a foul, the AR not to notice it, uh, it, it it's just strange to me. <clears throat> very yeah. very strange to me. And look, you know, do I know for a fact this is the mindset? No, of course not. I'm not any of the referees, but you, know, you, you you're around the game enough. You know that there's always the stigma of oh you know the referee you know changing the game. You know, referees don't you know change the game. So the players on the field, the referees there to you know, punish them. The players are moron in the first minute. And, you know, punches a guy, it's a red card. It's not the ref that ruined the game because of that. It's the moron who decided to punch a guy. You know, in this case, the keeper, you know, commits a foul in the ninth minute in a, play, in a playoff game, plus a penalty, you know, just like if he does it in the ninth minute of, you know, game two of the regular season, right? So, you know, you're in the referee in that position. You, you can't be afraid, you know, to make a call just because, oh, it might affect what comes thereafter because, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, and yeah, you're, you're I, I know I sense. may be, yeah, yeah, I know I may be kind of stomping on non-PC ground here, but I've heard so many times with regards to things like makeup calls and not trying to make a call early in the game to ruin the 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 moment or stuff like that. I've heard you know people who are advocates for referees or or speak for the referees or officials themselves they say oh that is not something that happens at all bs it happens all the time i've coached i've watched games 
I've seen the way things play out. Refs make makeup calls. Refs make certain calls in games because they don't want to be the reason this team lost. And if it's something that it can be argued, they don't want Chattanooga jumping down their throat because they called a penalty or something of that nature. Another thing that is a big thing, as you look throughout the season, out of these two teams, I think out of almost all of the teams in USL League One, I think the Richmond Kickers is the team that is most notorious for not mobbing the referee. I I have I I don't think I have ever seen like the kickers players on the field mob the referee. Yes, I've seen one or two go up to the referee when a bad call is made, but I've seen Chattanooga mob the ref. I've <clears> seen <throat> Greenville mob the ref. Union Omaha mob the ref. Tucson mob the ref. The kickers are known for that. And all of these things are going through a human being's mind. And I'm going to say a human being. I'm talking about the ref. And we need to remember that this person's a human being too. All of this is going through his mind. And he took the easy route of making the call in favor for the team that is most likely to mob him. And he doesn't want to have to deal with that heat. I know this may not be true, but I, in my opinion, that's what it looks like because it's a clear foul. I think it's more the easy call of not making the – Visible, you know, highlight play. Because if there's a pe- if there's a penalty, you know, on there, that's going to get noticed. If you don't, you know, make a certain call, that can maybe you know get forgotten, you know, lost in the mix. Yeah, <clears throat> my bad. And I think the reason why we're we're looking at it so much is just because, like, throughout the duration of the game and definitely in the rest of the first half, the ref was giving cards on both sides. You know. A um, couple yeah. of fouls went through, and then cards started coming out, and then we have the big challenge to share going in on Ethan Bryant. You're, you're, what, you're skipping ahead, though. I, I, mean, I know, I know, I know. I'm just skipping ahead. I'm just talking about like the cards in general. Yeah, I'm just saying, like in general, in that part, it just seems as if like you know, Shanae just making the point of like, all right, this ref was hesitant in that moment, or like, hey, I don't want to, I don't want to do this to affect the game. But then you know, the rest of the half played out, and he's you know. What was it? I think we had more cards in that first half than shots on target from both sides, and it, that was just crazy to me. But my fault. I didn't. I wasn't trying to jump too ahead of our rest of the first half. Yeah, and again, just because the next thing is also going to involve the referees. You know, even if let's say the penalty is given and Emmy scores the penalty. It doesn't mean that the kickers are definitely going to win. It doesn't mean that, you know, the kickers are, you know, they can still lose the game, you know, quite easily. It'll, it'll be a different game. That's all it is at that point. Yeah, it is. Just a different game. And it's like that sliding doors moment, like I said on Twitter, like what could have been, you sit there, you think about it, you're like, all right, it didn't happen. This doesn't excuse the kickers of the inability to break down Chattanooga, you know. Um, but moving on from that, um, yep. I'm going to talk more about what, what was going on in the midfield. And Matt, I, I was talking to you about it when we were walking over to the post-game interview, which, by the way, if you haven't listened to, we have that recording up um, on the feed. So you, if, you know, make sure you go listen to that as well if you want to hear from Darren and everyone after the game. Um, but more of my frustration was just more in some of the wasted chances 
and I say they weren't good chances, but some of the wasted chances in the final third from Ethan Bryan and Bolaños, it kind of just seemed like a half a second of just hesitation or making the wrong pass at the wrong moment, you know? I mean, maybe a little bit, but yeah. I don't think there's anything that was terribly different than what's you know happened to – you know, all year, like you're in the playoffs, you're not going to get you know the same amount of space you get in the regular season. You're not going to, you know, get these openings. And it's not state secret that Blonix is going to you know try to get released down the line. It's not, you know, a big secret that, you know, Ethan Bryant is going to you know, try to you know, do a little bit of dribbling in the midfield that Neil's going to you know, do more floating, you know, things like that. So, yeah, I hear that a little bit, uh, but, you know, conversely, you know, Zaka, you know, Jacoby and Jalen were doing a good job of, you know, even you know, before the red card, you know, keeping, you know, Espinosa and Ortiz and you know, any of them from really making anything happen either. Right. Matter of fact, let's go talk about that point. Really, that back four and uh, Zaka, they did a fantastic job up until, of course, the goal. But they did a fantastic job, yeah. man. Zaka pretty much took out their entire midfield. We could not pass left and right. Simon, Matt, you were right. Simon is good. <laughs> and this is probably the most attacking I've ever seen him get up and down that wing. But defensively, he did a real good job with Teixeira and um, Ortiz on, on his side. You know, But what were your thoughts about the back line and, and Zaka and whatnot? I mean, I, I feel that the back line was solid. Um, when you look at the, the chances created, we absolutely dominated that. The Chattanooga really only had six shots and only two of them on target. They're basically, one save for Akira. Um, the, the defense did their job. They did their job and they did it well. Um, they have been solid all season. Uh, they've 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 done their job all season long, and today wasn't any different. Or, yeah, Saturday wasn't any different. Yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, really, I think this is my <laughs> the most boring game Akira's had. I think, like you said, there only the one save really. Um, Jalen and Dakota. Dakota, by the way, got banned the Masters game. I really hope he sticks around, and we don't do not have another center back retire because. I would love this. <laughs> and Matt, I know you're laughing. I went back today and I listened to our pre- preseason podcast. And you were like, yeah, every jersey that I've gotten so far, the player that I get has retired. And I'm really hoping that this Dakota and Jalen partnership gets a year or two and whatnot. Because I got one of their jerseys. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh so no. Um. But yeah, that, that that's a really good partnership. And I know people are really hyping up the Tormenta partnership, but this partnership that Richmond has between Dakota and Jalen, it is solid, and they play well to each other's strengths, guys. Oh, uh, you you mean people who don't actually watch League One and who really only watch the championship and just try to hype beast stuff? Boots, yeah, absolutely, yeah, right. absolutely. Shots right. fired. Uh, I'm not even gonna put our guys. I I might you know put like you know freaking you know Leet you know. The most reliable partnership, yeah. You know, center back, you know, not Josh Phelps and you know, Dangler, yeah. At, the, at best, three at best, three. Yeah, you can go with the Omaha guys, 
possibly ahead of them. Yeah, I put them. Yeah, I would too. I would too. The way that they 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 I mean, up, healthy, I would like, too. before you know two blow blow up his leg, and, you know on our field. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Sure. It's still odd to see him play that next game, but that's in another. Yeah, track. that was very strange. I was like, "Wait, I thought he practically broke his leg at City Stadium. Why is he in the starting eleven? <laughs> like, what's yeah. going on?" <laughs> but, uh, uh, you, you might have to go talk about the ball that actually went in the goal that we scored. Oh, the free kick, oh, man! I. So I mean, right quickly, guys. Do you think Simon was offsides? They called Jalen offside. They called Jalen. Okay, so I was in the press box. I thought they called Simon offsides and whatnot, or Simon for interference. That's why I thought they waited it off. I'm not gonna lie. I went back and looked at it. Jalen looked kind of offsides to me. I mean, looking at the video, the camera's angles just aren't there to be able to tell. Yeah. Right. I mean, I suppose it's possible, but yeah, that I seems mean, like another opportunity that kind of just yeah, another marginal call. I mean, that that would have been you know the classic just fugly goal that you see happen in you know knockout round games so often. Yeah, like the ball barely getting over the line. And, you know, it definitely got over the line. Simon would have you know ha- had the goal, and I mean, what a story that would have been. You know, hometown Matt, kid, Matt. If what? Simon okay, sliding doors moment. If Simon scores that goal, how much of your collective stuff do you lose? I mean, it's no more than anybody else. <laughs> Matt, no, Matt, you would have. Oh God, I the player for me who that would have been, it would have been Luke. If Luke had come on and scored, uh, I probably would have gotten arrested because I probably would have ran out on <laughs> well, I just want you to know right now, if Luke would have came on that field and scored, I would have ran on the field butt naked like John did. <laughs> I would have yeah. shut down the whole game. There, there's also a big difference between that happening like the 23rd minute versus like a 90. That's fine. <laughs> right. No, oh, t- to be honest with you, with the way the city stadium was bumping, if kickers had found a way to equalize in the 90th minute, I think there would have been a pitch invasion. It might have been the, a mini earthquake. <laughs> there was the tension in the stadium, you could feel it. It wasn't just in sectional. It oh, was no, dude, there. That that tension was in that whole it was everywhere. I don't know. I mean that that's a good point too, Shanae, you bring up. Like the tension in the stadium. Do you, I mean you you hear from players, like do you think they felt it? I don't see how they couldn't. Because it was it was palpable. Like it was everyone there practically full attention. Even people up on the concourse. Normally those are the people that are half paying attention to the game, chatting, talking about their dog. Everyone was completely focused on this game and it you could feel that tension you could feel that anticipation all around the stadium yeah i mean for the second game in a row city stadium i mean section o was packed wall to wall yeah yeah 
So, I mean, but yeah, um, back to the free kick, Matt, that you were talking about, man. Like, I, it was funny seeing it, too, because seeing the replay of it, Simon definitely was hanging on to the uh, to, to the pole, <laughs> but trying to hang, stay inside, but have his foot wrapped around, just trying to just kick it in as much as he can. Yeah, I mean, it definitely got over the line because I was pretty much dead in line with it, and it was a good, you know, foot over the line. Not much, but definitely crossed. Yeah. Yeah, good enough for it to be a goal. It got called back. And, I mean, now you're talking about, what, two opportunities that got scrubbed away. You still got to plug away. You still got to find and create chances in what they were doing. But, I mean, we already talked about it. I think what was the next week answer that happened was the red card to Shira. And, you know, the nasty gas he left on uh, Ethan Bryan's leg at that point. And what I was talking to you, Matt, before we even got on the show was just the one thing Richard wanted to avoid it was was pretty much having Chattanooga just sit back defensively and pretty much just playing like a blanketed defense that took out everything that we wanted to do because Richard's MO is to get in behind to play quick and to not to cross the ball high, but kind of do like these low cutback crosses to where like Ethan, um, you know, Neil, Emmy could get on to and take shots from. And it kind of felt like once that red card came, it was kind of like Chattanooga was just like, all right, we just going to sit back and absorb all this place and we're going to give Richard the ball. And one thing Richmond doesn't do well, like some teams with the ball do, and some fans are thinking that, well, we got more of the ball, we're up and man. Richmond's not a creative team, like in front of the box. You know what I'm saying? Like they don't, they don't break down teams like that. They're very much quick strike. Let's circle the ball around to get across. All right, across that, work on the left. Let's circle it around. Let's get on the right. It was very much of that pace, and that's what Chattanooga was cutting out for us effectively because Chattanooga's center backs are like effing trees, and they cut out every cross that we tried to put into the box. Yeah, uh, this is this is something that I I had that I was feeling um, from the moment of the red card. You 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 kind of felt this sense of okay, we're playing a man. They're playing a man down, but then you you think about it, and I don't know. You're like, okay, it would have been one thing if. Chattanooga had lost maybe one of their back line or one of their midfielders or their defensive midfielders, but they lost their striker to a red card. So that is, I know a lot of people say, oh, well, your striker is the outlet, but Chattanooga weren't looking for an outlet at this point. They were looking to bunker down and all of the players they need to bunker down and defend are still on the pitch. Yeah. I mean, I hear what you're saying. At the same time, you you do have the built-in numeric advantage at that point, and you know this is game. What if you count the Open Cup game thirty-four of the year? You know there should be the ability to be able to you know, figure out how to break down you know a defense who is packed in at this point because you know we, we've seen this uh, in previous. I think back to those you know couple of Open Cup you know games before the Charlotte game. They were ugly to watch and we were playing against teams yeah. that were happy to sit down, bunker in and hope that they could maybe, you know, nick one or, you know, get to penalties. And 
this looked a lot like that, you know, once yeah. that happened. You know, uh, it was basically, yeah, all right, get the ball to Mexican, let's see if he can do something on his own. Otherwise, we're going to sit back and uh, you know, make sure you, know, you try to beat us. We're not going to beat ourselves anymore. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's basically one of those situations that we've dealt with all season long. And, and this is where I believe the kicker's weakness is, is we are not a boy. It's to be honest with you up until recently, it's been the same. It's funny. Cause it's the same, it's the same weakness that the U S men's national team has. We're good on the counter, but if you ask us to clinically break down a low block, we're not the team to do that. Most of our goals that are scored against a team that has a low block are set pieces throughout the season we're a team when you look at most of our goals the 18 yard box is fairly empty you're looking at maybe one or two defenders in there the goalkeeper and two or three of our guys you will never it's very rare this season that you've seen us score a goal where their entire back four is in the 18 their midfield is is parked right in front of the 18 and we somehow work our way through that and score so with us going a man down and not only going a man down the manner in which chattanooga went a man down was in a manner that they did not have to rejig they didn't have to reorganize anything their entire midfield their entire back line and midfield was still there it's just their striker that was gone so now it's just a question of get the ball out and we defend again. Get the ball out and we defend again. And the kickers aren't a team that can break that down. Yeah, they kind of show that inability. And, I mean, with the red card, that just means uh, Galindres just wasn't coming on the field. That, that's all that kind of really meant. Exactly. Yeah. Was still coming oh, yeah, unless they needed a goal. Yeah, that, that was pretty much it. And the one thing Chattanooga does so well – that I think a lot of people are forgetting is like they're one of the better counterattacking team teams out there. Like, I mean, hell, we didn't see it in our games against them. And they've done it other teams where Mitzicki gets on the ball and he just breaks quick or yeah. Galindras or someone that happens. Um, Jenner, I want to go back to the point you were making about like just how Richmond doesn't do so well breaking teams down. And Matt, you can add Chumman as well, but. I don't remember us scoring a lot of goals from outside of the box or taking shots from outside of the box. So a lot of our shots have come inside the 18 yard box and that's going to be hard to do. <clears throat> that's going to be hard to do given the amount of people that are a in the box in the amount of space that Chattanooga was giving us at the time. Exactly. Exactly. So, so that again, that when you look, our goals from outside of the box, I think have been scored by Neil Ethan, I think Bolaños had one or two from outside the box. Bolaños had one that was like right at the edge of the box, definitely. Right at the edge of the box, yeah. Emmys, but that's an outlier. Yeah. And and so uh, you're looking at a a team that doesn't – I I feel that the kickers have never been a team that, that shoots from outside of the box. Over the past three coaches that we've had that I've witnessed, we don't really do shots from outside of the box. I think that's the Richmond kickers culture thing. Um, but 
if we cannot create some of those chances from outside of the box, you're not drawing Chattanooga out. They're happy to sit 11 behind the ball, or in this case, 10 behind the ball. Most of the guys in the 18, come at us if you can. And that that's basically what the rest of the game was after the red card, especially for most of the second half, for pretty much the whole second half. Yeah. It was there were there were no, you know, there was no counterattack for the kickers in the second half because there was nothing to counterattack. There they, Chattanooga were in their own half, were camped in their own half. Or um, it, it even seemed like it, moments it where we had a chance to like get in behind. It was like Chattanooga would get there and shut it out, and now we kind of kind of recycle the ball at uh, up at the top of the box. And kind of to me personally, the second half, that progression was really slow. Because, like, we would try to have Bologna's go down the left, and he would try to break it behind, and he wouldn't. So he would recycle the ball back, and Simon would switch it over to Neil or Zaka in the middle. And then we get switched over to uh, Payne. And it was just – it was – it wasn't as quick as you need it to be to break down a low, low block like that, you know? I mean, But there was also no penetrating passes in the middle to make Chattanooga worse. So – only thing Chattanooga had to do was like really like all right if we protect the wings, we know we got um, Navarro and um, uh, Mal back here that can take care of the keeper, you know. Well, that that's true, but I I don't think there is when they're when they're sitting as low as they were, I don't mm-hmm. think there is a way to switch the point of attack quickly enough. And that is that that's what brings me back to what you brought up with regards to the shots from outside the box. And that's what creates that space. Yeah. Have a couple of times when you're pushing forward, have Ethan rip a shot from 30 yards out. Have 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 Zaka rip a shot from 32, 33 yards out. Have Neil rip a shot from from 20 yards out. That will make Chattanooga feel, okay, we need to step out because one of these could go in. Because if you look at their goal, that was a pop shot. That was that was a I, I wouldn't say it was a hit and hope, but that was unexpected. And that's what could have happened the other way around. If we and, and they would recognize that after two or three times of that happening, it would force them to have to come out. And when they come out, that's your space that you create. Yeah. But well, I mean yeah. one of the few shots we have from outside of the box that from Zaka that really reminded me of this goal against North Texas. Um, just went right over the crossbar. But you can see, like, after he took that shot, you know, kind of like Chattanooga's midfielders were kind of just like, yo, we got to step up. Like, we can't allow that shot to happen again yeah. and whatnot. And, you know, hindsight's always 20 You always think about what you could have, should have, would have done. Yeah, because let, let, at the end of the day, let, let, let their goalkeeper have to make a save from a shot ripped from 25 yards out. And, and you, you've seen it in, in every league that you watch. If a goalkeeper has to make a save from a shot 25 yards out of the box, they get up from that dive yelling at everybody. And yeah. that would force Chattanooga to be like, okay, all right, we got to defend our goalkeeper. We got to protect our goalkeeper. We got to push out. We got to stop the shots. And the shots are coming from further and further out. Then you're creating the space in behind that Bolaño, Terzaghi, and Bentley or Gordon can work out of. Yeah. Um. Any other thoughts on the second half before we talk about uh, the disaster goal that happened? 
I mean, I think we're going to talk about the, the other t- topic is separate. So now let's get it, let's get it over with. All right. Um, the moment that made City Stadium the quietest I've ever heard it. Um, 86 minute, Ralph admits again. I was driving down the right wing at Simon Fitch, and we talked to me and Matt talked to uh, Darren in the post game. Which, by the way, Matt was <laughs> so funny in the post game because not only was Matt like you could tell Matt was like amped up, but the question he was asking to Darren, you could tell Darren was like getting slightly irritated. And me, and I'm just sitting. There, I'm just like, this is good. This is good TV. <laughs> Because uh, I actually asked him a follow-up question and didn't let him just give a canned answer. <laughs> yeah, no. It was like, no, this – he was like, you know. And he gave me a little week afterwards, and I was like, yeah. oh. Yeah, I don't think he was, like, really upset or anything. Nah. Um, but, no, like, he, he talked about it. He was just like – he was telling Simon, don't let Rafa get inside. Because we all know what Rafa can do once he gets inside. He's going to release that kind of shot. Yeah, and he, I mean, he did it the week before. You know, he yeah. had a really nice goal, put Omaha out. Yeah, and it, I mean, it happened again where pretty much Simon's going now, and he doesn't – Rafa, I think he does like like a chop. If I'm trying to remember correctly. He does like a chop, and he cuts back inside, and Simon's that quick to react to it. It is like that split second. Rafa just puts it onto his – I'm trying to show myself. His left, his left foot. His left foot yeah. And it just curls all like all around Akira. Like, it's the perfect bend, the perfect speed. And it's nothing that Akira can do in it. Like, Akira's just pretty much left there to dry. Well, I, I, to be honest with you, when I watched it over and over, because I, I saw it when it happened, and in that moment I wasn't thinking anything tactically because my heart just dropped out of my chest into my stomach but after looking at it i don't think there was too much that simon could do he wasn't really he didn't really stand off of mansigan no he didn't the he only was, thing was, like, i think he was thing. close enough that you would want him to be especially with the thought that Mensigan could probably then cut back to the outside and be able to make a cross in if he gets in too close. Yeah. And I, I think you... I think Fitch okay. find, kind of held that middle ground of I'm gonna I'm gonna be in front of you, but I'm not gonna overcommit so that you don't cut around me and I and I lose you completely. I think he was in the right position. Mensigan just hit a great shot. And it's yeah. it's one of those it I think this this was one of those goals that I don't know if much blame can go to anyone apart from the what we've talked about. Yeah, we I need mean, to be able to break them down because yeah, it, no, no, no. yeah, the, no, there's the, no blame. It's just like when Darren mentioned it. And my fault, I didn't mean to cut you off, but like Darren mentioned, like the only two things that potentially went down wrong in that play was the midfield didn't get back quick enough. But that's also he's like you mentioned because they're up pushing up to try to score a goal, so they're all the way pushed up. And Simon just has to keep him outside. But Rafa does the move unexpectedly and catches Simon when Simon is still pushing him, trying to push him out. Yeah, but again, the situation with Simon, that comes from the midfield not coming back quickly enough because you could see this was basically a counterattack. And you you had numbers in the box that Mensigan could cross to. So if the midfield is 
covering the way they're supposed to, is, is tracking back the way they're supposed to, I don't think Mensigan feels he has the space to, to cut back and in like that. Because cutting back and in would mean running into either Bolaños or Ethan or Neil or Zaka coming into that space to cover. But literally, Simon is left alone by himself. And when an attacker is facing a defender, the defender is always at a disadvantage, which is why anytime an attacker receives the ball with his back to goal, the defender's first priority is to keep them facing that way. Because mm-hmm. once he turns around and is facing you, he's at the advantage. He's the one in control of the ball. He's at the advantage. And in this situation, it's 1v1. The 1v1 always favors the person with the ball. My phone, man. I didn't mean to cut you off. What were you trying to say, man? I was going to say, I mean, yeah, if you really want to like nitpick at things, yeah, you could say, okay, maybe Simon could have you know, stayed a little bit closer, or, you know, tried to you know, drive him hard you know, to the touchline and you know, let that help out and make him make a you know, good cross. Yeah, I think. If anything, you can say I don't remember who it was that just got blown up on the ball, uh, you know, in the midfield. Like you know, that's you know way too easy of a release. You know, uh, when Chattanooga first wins the ball to be able to you know come out and start the yeah. counterattack. So, like, there's little things like that, but I mean, it's also the 86th minute, exactly. Point. Uh, but I, I don't know if it's just you know the fatalist in me or whatever. But as soon as that ball started coming down the right side, it's like. Of of this is not going to end well. No, nah, it's not you, man. I chat. You can see Chattanooga was trying to build to that, and once again, this goes to what Richmond was doing. It was pretty much like, all right, we're going to build stuff out of the wing. And I'm the firm believer of as soon as you see a team start crossing and not trying to try anything else, there's a devoid and lack of ideas. You know, it's pretty much like. All right, just pumping as many crosses as we can, and that's not Richmond's mo. Like Richmond doesn't doesn't win games just off of just pumping and crosses because it's not like we have like a six five striker in the box either, or like you know Cut tall midfielders, you know. So that's not Richmond's mo. So Chattanooga's batting their hedges on that and breaking it out on the wings, given that we're pushing up so high in the space in behind. You know, and they're that's literally that's all they were trying to do was just try to get missing in or um I think Ortiz was still in at that point. I no, mean as it, it came on for Ortiz, but I mean even if we go back and watch the highlight you know, real all the Chattanooga highlights are just missing and running at her you know defense from yeah. the minute on. Yeah, it's pretty much just to get him one on one in space because they know like all right, he's open and it's just the perfect combination of everything that you didn't want to have it happen. Yeah. It's, it's just how it happened. Because you you got to think about this. I know uh, earlier on, Matt, you said with regards to the penalty call that, was, that wasn't made or the, the free kick goal that was disallowed. If either one of those two go in, there's a very, very high chance that Richmond goes, goes away with a win in this game because then that would literally flip the roles that actually did happen. Richmond is up one. Richmond can sit back and defend. Chattanooga are like Richmond. They don't like the ball. So they would That's have the ball. No, I, I would say Chattanooga's a little bit better at the ball. They're they're better. I, I, know, I know what you mean. You're thinking about Chattanooga old. This Chattanooga, 
they're a little bit better with the ball, but if we score, do but if we score, Chattanooga has to step out. And yeah. that plays right into our hands of being a team that likes to get you on the counterattack. So right, Chatt- if Richmond scores one of those goals, it's very likely we're scoring another one. Right, but Ch- Chattanooga, you know, second most on the ball in the whole league this year. Yeah. Like they don't they don't mind you know playing with it. Uh so I think they I would mean, have been- they don't they don't mind playing with it. Yeah, yeah. I mean you're right. You they, they don't mind playing with it, but at the end of the day. I think the kickers would be a lot more comfortable because, of, like I said, because of the fact that now Chattanooga has to go chase. They oh, yeah, have because to step this, out. Yeah, they cannot, they cannot sit back and defend. Yeah. That being so said, that will play right into our hands. Well, that being said, I don't trust this team to actually keep a clean sheet. So they would have needed another one. That's, and that's, that's what I'm saying. We would be very likely to get another one because Chattanooga would have to come out to go and get one. That's That's when we're at our most dangerous. We're at our most dangerous when it's it's one of the reasons why we have multiple we most of our games that we've won we've scored two or three goals in. It's because uh-huh. when we score that first one, the other team has to come at us, and most of our goals come from the counterattack or the the chaos in the box resulting from a counterattack. You look, for uh-huh. example, at a lot of the goals. Scored by, with head by by Terzaghi is like Terzaghi is like what five foot something. He is not tall. Why is he winning a bunch of headers? Because there's chaos in the box, and we thrive off of that. Because that chaos is created by the counterattack. We were two nil on them last time, and uh, couldn't close that one out. So just being up one nil, I don't think is a <laughs> sure thing. Um. So yeah, I mean, <clears throat> my bad. Poof. We can talk days on end, possible scenarios about how this goal broke down, <clears throat> what could have happened there. I think one of the questions that we do need to talk about um, is the lack of substitutions. Only the one sub in O'Gordon, he came on for Bentley, like for like sub. We've seen that sub. But we didn't see the kind of typical other subs. And, Matt, you brought up a good one of, well, if you're looking for a goal late, why not bring on Ani? You know, we've seen that sub before where he brings on Ani he pushes Dakota up. You take Zaka off or Ethan off. Um, or, you know, Stu Ritchie was on the bench. Why not take Stu off and for Simon? One that I was in favor of before the goal even happened. I was, mm-hmm. you know, 60th, 65th, 70th minute. I'm like, all right, take Simon off. He's done well. Put Stu on. If you're looking for someone that can cross the ball into the box, we've seen that from Stu. But talking to Darren in the pros game, he pretty much said like he trusted the guys that were on the field to get the job done. And um, Matt, you pushed them back as you should have. Of just like, why didn't you try to change it up a little bit more? Why didn't you look to, uh, you, you know, use the quality on your bench that was there? And you know, it kind of leaves some questions lingering around. You know, I, I mean, my interpretation of all that is. He didn't trust his bench to get it done at that point, which I mean, that's a problem, right? Yeah, like, yeah. You know, because yeah, I, I agree. You know, especially on the you know the stew for Simon. Yeah, but we, we talked about that exact scenario last week, right? <laughs> yeah. The exact you know way it was playing out. Like, hey, if, you know, we're going to be looking you know for a goal. Uh, you can get you know, stew on there because he's you know a lot more naturally attacking. And Simon, like, you know, we like Simon, but 
yeah, he was getting forward this game, but it, he's not Stu in that regard. Right. right. And really there wasn't a whole lot of defending that needed to be done in the second half. So if you're pushing for it, great. And then, Hey, you get the goal. It's not like Stu Ritchie is a bad defender, you know, to have on there to help close out a game. No, so, and I have to believe like that. that that's, the, that's the most confusing one for me of why that change wasn't happening, especially yeah. you know, given you know the seeming you know, a dependence on cross balls, but also how well that uh, Stu and Bolanos had combined during the course of the year on that left flank. Yeah, and it just also seems like I know he's coming back from which he hasn't played in a month, but if he's healthy enough to be on a bench, I have to imagine he's healthy enough to give you fifteen minutes, possibly. An extra another thirty if we go into extra time. Yeah, and if no. he's not if he's not healthy enough for that, why is he on the bench? Not Chris Cole or somebody else yeah. could yeah. give it to you, right? Yeah. Um, well, Chris yeah, Cole could because I, I talked to him. He said he picked up a knock, but okay, well, um, substitute somebody else's name in there, right? <laughs> right yeah, <laughs> I, I, I think I, the other one that, that just kind of caught my attention was just you know Nathan Audi. We see what Audi's done before in the box. We see his his big forehead. Get onto the end of crosses, get onto the end of the balls. I I would think like all right. I know he said that I wanted to I wanted to trust my midfield, and that's fine. That's dandy. I'm a huge believer in believing the guys that brought you to the party. That's cool. But at this moment, you kind of got to put that to the side and be like, all right, who's the players that give me the best opportunity for what the tactic or what the layout I'm looking to do? And I hate to say it, Zaka doesn't give you that. Zaka's not offensively progressive or not. He's not. He's great at cutting out crosses and whatnot, cut, cut out chances. But you could have put Dakota into that spot. Dakota's done it, whatnot. And you could have had Audi and Jalen up there because you're already pushing Jalen up to be a striker. It just kind of just wondering, just like, all right, why the lack of substitutions, you know, at this particular moment? Because that's not something that you particularly done before in other games where you – where even if we're down, like even like the Fuego game or other games that we've been down before, you've made substitutions late that impacted and changed the game. Yeah, the only one, I mean, that's specifically for after the goal you know, was scored. Like before that, you don't really need to make that change. But, yeah, once you're down and you know that, you, you know, the offense is going to basically you know, become pump the ball into the box. Yeah, you know, put you know, the big, massive target up there and – give yourself a little bit more of a chance. Okay. Maybe you end up loosening up, you know, the back line a little bit more, but at that point, what's the difference between losing one nil and two nil? Yeah. yeah. At that point, there's no difference. And I mean, <clears throat> it does kind of have shades of the last two years, how mm-hmm. they kind of ended, you know, Chattanooga 2020, um, kind of how that all ended. Yeah. Just needed a win at home against Chattanooga to make the final. Right. And granted, there were injuries there, but still that opportunity there. Which, by the way, I went back and looked at that lineup from that game. Whew. Not good. Oh, <laughs> I want to ask you guys this. Do you remember who played striker in that game? Hold on. Hold on. It was Luke, wasn't it? No. Yeah. Luke played no? left back in that game. Guess who played striker? Because Trezaghi was on the bench. Right, I knew Emmy came on yeah. you know, late because he was injured. Uh, I know Oleg scored, but I don't know if he started at striker. Nope, he was on the wing. Uh, hold on. Who the hell? Stanley. Nope. John Luca Cuomo. Okay, there's no way he started at 
center forward in that game. Yes, he did. He started his striker in that game. Oh, Are you sure yeah. this wasn't a fought mob, you know, gets the positions wrong all the time sort of thing? No. Luke at <laughs> left back doesn't sound right either. Well, I, I, I mean, Luke has played left back on several occasions. But that, no. I mean, that was a Scotty Thompson position that year. He he played the he, Cuomo was playing center forward that game. Well, he was playing center forward. Whatever. Uh, yep. <laughs> to that point, though, another you know late substitution. I mean, you know, we heard all the hype you know preseason like oh you know David Olson best finisher on you know on the team. I'm a please come on. Uh, you know you got Emmy on this team. So yeah, yeah. So. Uh, Put some respect you, on his name. You, you got a center forward that you're not willing to you know, toss on there to you know, give a hope and a shout, you know, to get a late goal. Yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. Like, I, okay, Kendella, you're probably not throwing him on there, but Luke. Also, before the goal, before the goal, I think you it would be a good idea to put Kendella um, out there to give you some more creativity. We're gonna find one way how to put him out. She was gonna find a way how to put that boy in the field. No, but I mean, we just talked about how there was a lack of creativity. There was a lack of ability to break yeah, down that yeah, that yeah, logo. <laughs> so there, we're for now on. We, we all got our guys. President of Candela. We, we we all got our guys. I'll take it. I'll take it. I feel <laughs> I feel that 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 you know underrated, underappreciated. Let's go. <laughs> um. Yeah. I mean, it's just. I don't know. That just, just we had play, I mean, we named them all. We had players on that bench. Richie yeah. could have provided more crosses. Arnie could provide more of a target in there. Even Luke Pavone could, could have provided more of the chaos we need in that box to create opportunities. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the only one that I haven't seen enough of him to know that he would provide enough is Olsen. I mean, apart from that, almost every other player on this bench had the ability to do something to make a change, to change the, the image of the game in those last three minutes, or even before those, I would say before those last few minutes for most of them. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. And Matt, before, I mean, like we was all talking about, the end of that happened last year, FC Tucson, you know, just how the regular season ended out there and then having to play them in the last game. And it's kind of like mirror image. I swear it's, given this is Halloween weekend, it's very crazy to see how that last year's playoff game ended and this year's playoff game ended. Two games that the kickers were more or less in control of and then one crazy moment and we're out of the playoffs. Yeah, literally only a minute apart from when they happened as well. I mean, it was yeah. pretty much the end of 2020 and 2021 just merged into one game. And both of them, Akira just left hanging. Like, Akira cannot save them. Yeah. Still wonder a little bit about last year's, but <laughs> uh, yeah, it's uh Yeah, it sucks. It sucks. It <clears throat> and I think the thing that makes this sucks like sucks the most or the thing that give you that gut punch of feelings just one, it happened in front of section O. <laughs> it, it it played out in front of section O. But then also like you just see the other player people in the stands and we had kids crying. We had grown men crying. Yeah. My wife even shed a tear. And you know, my wife is not like hardcore in the sports. So yeah. this was weird. Um, but yeah, you can even see it in the players' faces, man. Like 
you know, you, you can just tell how much this all meant to them. And, like, I told some of the players afterwards, like, I told Jalen afterwards, like, you know, I know this moment sucks. It's horrible. It, it feels bad. But, like, you guys gave this community something that we haven't seen in a long time. And, like, you know, this one moment doesn't reflect what y'all have done all year is pretty much what I told them. Yeah, and I, I put it out you know, there yesterday. It's like, yeah, it hurts, but, you know, it's good. That it hurts, you know. Yeah. It, you know, yeah. We had we had years where you know losing, just getting you know, uh, your ass kicked in. We were numb to uh, it. it. Was like whatever. Right. Twenty eighteen <laughs> may be a man. <laughs> like you went to the games, like okay, whatever. We lost four nil this week again. Big deal. Like it's good that it stings. It's good that it, you know it's painful because that means that you know you're doing something right. That means that you know things were succeeding. And you had that expectation in place. So, yeah, I mean, obviously we'd rather be, you know, you're playing this coming weekend. uh, But, you know, that feeling's back. Like, I mean, this year hurt more than last year because I'm like, did any of us deep down really think this team was winning it last year? No. 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 We get past that game. We get past that game. Yeah, it wasn't the finished product yet. Right, you, know, you might have been able to delude yourself to think that you might be able to steal one, but you know, there's a real chance, you know, this time around. And you know, I've said it a few times over the weeks, like you don't know how many you know shots at something like this you know, you're really you're going to be able to get. Like you know, growing up and everything, I saw the kickers in the playoffs at home year after year after year. Yeah, usually ended in an absolute, you know, kicking the balls. You know, you know the many different ways you know that they you would lose over the years, but it's like, all right, we're always going to be there, always going to be there. And we just got served up with, you know, four plus years of nothing. Yeah. So you learn to appreciate it a little bit more and you really you know, try to enjoy the moment when it does come. Yeah. And I mean, also to add on to that, like the amount of people we saw in the stadium or given over what the last five home games has been tremendous, man. Like this, like we talked about before, this stadium attendance was in the mud. Like it was like, Barely cracking three thousand. If I think the last four games this team has averaged over four thousand, like roughly four and a half thousand, in the last two games hitting over five thousand. You know, with the six thousand attendance at the, at the season ender, it just shows you like what this club, what this community, what this team is growing to. And like Rob, um, Matt, what Rob told us before is like the thing that Rob Ucrop was taken away from is just like. You know, I was heartbroken as well, but to see kids walk out the stadium and crying uh, and to see parents console their kids and to see parents like, hey, we'll be back next year, it kind of just shows like what Darren has built, has built a team that the community itself can latch onto and love. Because, you know, we all remember the years, Jenner, you definitely remember in 2019, all the vitriol of like, oh, you support the kickers. Well, they suck because of X, Y, and Z. You don't see that as much anymore. You you actually see people in wearing kickers gear to games. It's just that like oh a a, a open closet of different teams jerseys of European jerseys of American jerseys. It's people out there wearing different Richmond kick, kickers merch. You know you have different te- you know you have people making the old banners and tifos of now of kicker stuff. It is like before you would never see that. And I think like this is a pivotal moment in the club's history just because of like. 
what they're giving back to the community and how much the community itself has fallen in love with the kickers. Like, my own dad, who doesn't even watch soccer, was calling me asking me about the kickers game and whatnot and said that he enjoyed watching it, even though it was a loss. So that's a win. Yeah, now it's just building upon that. You know, yeah. Keep yeah, the momentum yeah, moving forward. Like, keep it moving forward, yeah. Yeah, like, I'm not fortunate that they're going to sell out every game, no. you know, but you know, get to the point where that that floor. Did is, you see like, Madison tweet that out? They were like, I think at the end of that game, it was like, yeah, we just want to thank all our fans for having the highest average attendance. I'm like, all right, that's the trophy you want to hang your hat on. Great. <laughs> I mean, it, it's basically it's just a matter of getting rid of you know a couple of those just absolute anchor games earlier early in the year where it's cold and there's still bad weather. Things like that that just plummet, you know, the average most of the time. But yeah, you know, if we can get to the point where that, you know, a bad you know turnout is a three K you know sort of thing, that's good yeah. forward momentum. Right, absolutely right, man. And we are going to be doing an end of the year season podcast where we're going to dive more into this team, talk about this team because hate to say it, and even talking to some of the players in the post game interviews, like. Some guys are moving on, and how this team is going to look is going to be totally different than what this team um looking at right now at this point. And is that the storybook ending that we wanted with this team? But is the end of this chapter, and, you know, we wish all of them all the best going forward, man. Um, Anything else from you guys before we wrap up? I mean, the, the, I know we're going to go into it. Um, as on the season wrap up episode, but um, I think one 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 moment that will always stand in my memory from from this game was at the end uh, before the players had even come over to the Red Army was Darren coming over and repeatedly saying thank you, thank you, and me just feeling just having that urge to just yell no thank you um because what darren brought to richmond i think was beyond when when he first when he first took the job three years ago i think it was beyond all of our wildest dreams that we would have been at this at this point league leaders with five points to spare league mvp golden boot winner three years in a row i i don't think we would have seen this seeing the stadium five thousand plus two games in a row this is all from the type of soccer that darren brought to richmond and yeah it sucks to go out the way we did but it was a great season it was a great great season Anything from you, Matt? Uh, I feel like we covered most of it. I mean, the, one step forward, you know, made the quarters last year, semis this year, you know, next year we uh, finish off the trilogy, right? Th- this was the Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, yeah let's win in the final. I can't – oh, my God. I, 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 ooh, ooh. If we lose in the final in City Stadium? Yeah. So, yeah all right, this, this is actually a terrible, you know, hypothetical, but – I'm committed to it now. Oh God! Going out the way we did, or going out the way Greenville did? 
Because I mean, they literally handed Tormenta their goal. They they really did. Yeah. They really did. I I saw that one. <laughs> I think you are the way how we did. Because I can I can live with it. I can live with it. Yeah. Going yeah, out the way how the... Greenville did, it just feels like I don't know. It's it's yeah. I don't know. But both of them suck. Well, yeah, I mean, that's why. Yeah, both of them suck, but at least the, the the going out the way we did, it's more of a situation of it sucks. Chattanooga well played. You know, uh, it's one of those situations that, you know, you I, wouldn't even, Chattanooga, I wouldn't even say Chattanooga well played. I would say Mintigan well played. Um, and you got to hang your hat no, they, to a shot their, like their, that. Their defense deserves the credit. We'll be, let's be fair. Yeah, yo, their defense definitely does deserve the credit. The way they were organized, the way they kept the foul, that, that is commendable. I'll give them that. Yeah. Um, but uh, Greenville, literally, I mean, it's not even like Tormenta did anything absolutely outrageous. It, it, it was handed to them. And that's that's even worse to experience. Watching your team literally hand the win to the other team is that's especially not cool. the team. I don't think I remember Sergio right. I don't think Grievo's being tormented in two years. They definitely didn't this year. Yeah, I don't think they beat them in two years. I think I, I think I saw a post from Jake, who's a tormented fan. Uh, which, by the way, he's going to have a wild weekend with college game day being down there. He's a Georgia, oh, boy. Uh, he's a oh, Georgia student as well. Oh, I thought, um, I thought you meant they were going to you know, Georgia Southern. I was like, why? <laughs> no, 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 no. University of Georgia, no. Um, but I think I, he put up a post saying, like, we haven't lost to uh, Greenville in, like, 532 days. And I just sat there and I was just like – and I had to go look and I was like, holy crap, they have it. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's interesting. Greenville is a very interesting team because there are a lot of – Teams, there are, I wouldn't say a lot, but there are quite a couple. There are a couple of teams in USL League One that have their number, no matter how good Greenville have been. And I think the Richmond Kickers, for a certain period of time, under Darren, was one of those teams that, even though they would end higher up than us in the table, we had their number. Yeah. You know, and it was the same so, with with South South Georgia. So I, I guess to finish this off. Uh... Who y'all got in the final? Give me Tormenta. Storybook ending. I, yeah. Why not? I can give it to Tormenta. <laughs> I would say... I don't know. I, I, I think Tormenta has proven that in a playoff game they can concede. Chattanooga has not conceded in the playoffs. So okay. I, I think Chattanooga's defense is going to be organized to the to the final whistle. They are gonna be like a well-oiled machine. That back line is not gonna let anything in. They're gonna sit in a low block and they're probably gonna play the run try and run the same type of game they played against us, minus the red card, hopefully, for them. Um but yeah, I'm I'm thinking Chattanooga. Yeah, I'm I think I actually. My generally... heart says 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 South Georgia, but my brain says Chattanooga. I actually I actually want Chattanooga to win. Uh, a, it would just be funny to 
you know, with all their chaos going around, be it'd be funny because of all the, you know, the meltdown, just you know, soccer, you know, Twitter and everything would have of it being Chattanooga, you know, winning because of oh, you know, Chattanooga FC and blah blah blah, you know, trying to ruin another team, whatever that. They could have had the spot if they wanted it. Uh, you know, so that would be funny to me because I have dark humor. Uh, <laughs> but also, I, you know, selfishly, I thought Chattanooga was going to, you know, my preseason pick to finish first. That Thankfully, I was wrong on that one, but uh, at least I can pretend I was a little bit right if they end up winning the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, hey, Ian Cameron was my coach of the year candidate. So I guess I'm going to be right on that one. <laughs> Yeah. But um, before we wrap up this, there are a few kickers who are in the running for awards. So tomorrow we'll find out if Jalen wins defender of the year. I don't think he will. He won't. Yeah. Uh, Ethan Bryant has a good shot at young player of the year. Um, Absolutely. I think, it's, I, th- I think it's his. I think it's his. I, th- I think it's it's his. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> Darren is up for coach of the year, which – 50 50 now, yeah. I think with him losing this, I, I hate to say it, I think they're gonna get the edge to end. Um, also because Darren hasn't been selected for a coach of the year, coach of the month this year, and you know, that is not gonna happen. And uh, Jonathan and Emmy are up for MVP along with Arthur Rogers and Noko. And I think, I think it's gonna be Bologna's award. Is there anyone else I'm forgetting? Uh, let's hear it. Akira lost goalkeeper of the year today. That went to Nuku yeah. from Omaha, which, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Uh, fine. I think that's all of them. Yeah, I think that's yeah. all. Wait, that's, I don't think I'm forgetting any other. Oh, they had like a co- they had like comeback player, but none of our guys are up for it, so nobody cares. Yeah, yeah no. Nah. Um, we could be up for it next year or in two years, given that EV, uh, EVD. EVD comes back. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's a few uh, levels of ifs in there, so. Yeah, a few, very few levels of this. Um, yeah, I, I definitely want to give a big shout out to to Ethan Bryant um, because if he played the full season the way he played the second half of the season, if it wasn't for the fact that midfielders get no love when it comes to uh, league MVP, he probably would have been in the conversation for league MVP if the first half of the season was played like he did in the second half. It's like once we hit the second half of the season, he just went into fifth gear. And for someone so young to to be playing so maturely and with so much composure, he's, the kid's going to go far. I mean, he's he 21 now. Like The only other you know, guy who's won MVP was younger than that, I think. Yeah. That's that was not supposed to happen. Sorry. <laughs> Love it. You're all over that. Um, we had a Sopranos yeah, moment right there. All right. I know. My fault. <laughs> um, yeah, man. Um, we got this end of the year pod coming up. We got a couple of articles coming up. Um, I think that's pretty much it. It's kind of been a long show, but it's been worth it uh, to kind of talk about our feelings being a therapy chair, I think each of us needed this to talk about it because if not, would not have been good. So, but hopefully for those that had the same array of emotions as us, hopefully this podcast helps you kind of work some things out. And um, 
yeah, that's pretty much it. Anything else from you guys before I wrap up the show and actually end the show right this time? No. All right. Up the roof. All right. Well, as always, listeners, we just want to say thank you for taking the time of your day for listening to our show. Without you, we couldn't do this without you. We will holler at you guys next week for our end of the year season wrap up. So make sure you get involved with that. I hope you guys enjoy. We'll holler at you guys next time. Be easy. Be safe. Oh, my God.